another episode of the journey so today today tonight i don't know when you're listening to it but we have a guest who actually came to one of our and so she speaks cafes um never met her before this but mm-hmm. uh she actually i think she won the raffle and from I winning did. one of our raffles i kind of looked her up and i saw um who she was and what she was doing and i realized that she was someone that i had to bring on uh to you know talk about her journey so can we all welcome miss alicia minor thank you thank you how are you that's good, good. That's, no good. that's good so i just want to start off by you sharing with the listeners who are you tell us about your journey Oh, who am I? Uh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, I'm a mom, first and foremost. I'm a businesswoman. Uh, I'm a poet. I am a, an open and honest type person. Mm-hmm. Um, career-wise, I'm a marriage and family therapist. Uh, newly started her own business. Um, went on that journey to create my LLC, to have my own private practice um, not too long after graduating from grad school. So it took a while, took about two years to really get things done and started, Um, but I got there. So So talk a little bit more about um, your your passion, your job that you're doing. So Mm -hmm. as a therapist, could you talk more about that? Um, Right now, I am working full-time at a drug and alcohol facility inpatient, um, along with doing my private practice on the weekends. Um, it's it's interesting um, because I get to deal with so many different clients, especially with my independent practice, um, because I have been in the field for about 15 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've worked with all ages, from kids to adults, um, Kids and adolescents are, like, my favorites, though. Um, But I'm learning more stuff now with more of the drug and alcohol clients um, and their behaviors and things like that. So, yeah. So what has been uh, some of the biggest struggles of being a black therapist? And not only a black therapist, but a black therapist who started her own practice. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say the, the biggest struggle is just advocating for myself in a sense, you know, because people look at me as being young Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of the people in my field are typically uh, like 40 and older Mm -hmm. and I'm not there yet, but I'm reaching it. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, trying to, you know, get people to understand that I do have all the experience underneath my belt, Mm -hmm. you know, and that I can touch on so many different issues that, not one issue is the same and you know I can maneuver different techniques to help each individual that comes my way 
um, especially when I'm working with like some of the like parents I've had to, they're like, oh, you look so young. How long have you been doing this? And mm-hmm. I always get that question. It's mm-hmm. like, well, I've been doing it for this amount of years. Right. And then they'd be like, oh, well, right. you didn't look like you, you know, so I get that response all the time. And, but once, you know, people meet with me the first time, it's usually a go from there. So, so mm-hmm. I, I know that, uh, in the, the African American community, uh, talking about our mental states can sometimes be seen as a weakness. So can mm-hmm. you talk about your experience with that? Uh, it's a big stigma, you know, around being, um, african-american and or any uh color Mm -hmm. you know and most people feel like oh it's not for us Mm -hmm. you know and it's like no yeah it is because we deal with so many of the same issues too as you know people who are caucasian people Mm -hmm. who are asian people who are latino you know everybody has something Mm -hmm. you know and but it's the african-american culture that that has a hard time with going out of the religion aspect of Mm -hmm. things and it's like everything has to be church based Mm -hmm. and me being you know a baptist woman you know i consider myself christian but you know i understand that Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like okay it's only but so far you can go with certain things when it comes to the church aspect and sometimes it's okay to see a therapist Mm -hmm. you know to to work out whatever issues you have whether it's Uh, divorce, family issues, um, stress, work-related, just overall life issues. Um, But a lot of people also struggle with the emotional aspect of being able to open up. Mm -hmm. And talking to a stranger is not really something that you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Or that's what they think, you know. And I think that's the the struggle right there. It's just being open about the fact that you need help Mm -hmm. and that one avenue is not the best way right so being a, a woman of faith and being a therapist what are some of the things that you go through uh mm-hmm. in this experience personally you mean personally or, professionally um personally I, I would I would say just keeping the two separate but also trying to combine the two mm-hmm. even um when it comes to work related too, because that's that's like a big conversation when I have clients. It's like, okay, well, you know, I'm here in therapy, you know, I have these issues, but the Bible says mm-hmm. I'm supposed to do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, okay, well, you, you got to learn how to pray about it. Mm-hmm. You got to learn how to uh, use those coping skills on top of that in addition to what, yes, what the Bible says, because... Yes, ultimately, the Bible is, is supposed to give us the answers, right? Yeah. But, you know, I, I tell people, too, that it also leads you in a, in a direction to kind of figure out that there are other coping skills that are also laid out in mm-hmm. the Bible, too. And these are just extra skills to help you along that way. And, you know, God wants you to figure that out. And yeah. I even tell myself that, you know, it's like, uh, let's try this. Mm-hmm. You know, meditation works for me along with prayer, yeah, you know, and it's okay to combine the two. Yeah. So. so being not only uh, working full-time and having your business on the side, mm-hmm. how do you, how does it also work out for you being a mother? <laughs> that, that's another layer that goes Ooh. into everything. Um, that, that, it's a hard, that's hard because sometimes I can work long hours, mm-hmm. you know, and working six days a week, 
you know, your kids kind of, well, my kid, she looks at me <clears throat> and it's like, mommy, you're always working, you're always working. When's, where's my time? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, uh, okay, I get it. You know, sometimes you get off of work, you can't always come home and cook. Yeah. You know, and I love to cook. I love to cook for my kid. Mm-hmm. You know, but that doesn't happen all the time, especially when you got kids or adolescents or adults in mm-hmm. crisis, you know, dealing with um, like suicidal issues mm-hmm. and things like that. And how do you explain that to an 11-year-old? Yeah. You know, but um, I have a great kid, you know, so she, she listens very well and she understands and you know, but again, she's a kid, yeah. you know, so I try to balance it out the best way that I can, um, even to the point where I had to switch jobs, mm-hmm. um, just so I could give her more time, you know, and that was hard too, you know, because granted the work that I was doing with kids and adolescents I loved, mm-hmm. but it was taking a lot of time away from my kid. Yeah. So, because when you're working with kids and adolescents, you got to work with the parents and parents yeah who work, and Mm -hmm. it's like you got to meet them after hours, after school hours, and that's hard, you know. So what has been the most rewarding part of starting your own practice? (sighs) Getting to pick and choose the clients along with having clients who can be accountable Mm -hmm. and you can hold them accountable, you know, because some people are forced into therapy, Mm -hmm. and some people are just not ready you know, and I, I had that conversation with my clients um, over the phone and even during their first session. You know, I want you to come into this room and be ready mm-hmm. to do the work. Because, granted, yeah, I can give you the skills. You know, I can talk to you till I'm blue in the face. But ultimately, it's you at the end of the day that has to do the work and want to change and want to grow. So, yeah. So, I, clearly, if I ask you about the, the best parts, what are some of the biggest challenges? The biggest challenge is Mm buy-in, you know, going back to that that stigma piece, you know, getting people to buy into therapy and getting them to understand that it can work for them, Mm -hmm. Um, but also getting them to do the work, you know, outside of that that session, you know. um, Give me an example. So, like, I I teach a lot of mindfulness techniques, Mm -hmm. um, definitely a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy stuff. And that's stuff you have to take outside of the therapy room. Mm -hmm. You have to take it home. You have to practice it. You have to utilize it to a point where it almost becomes second nature to you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, you know, it's kind of like that. You use it, you lose it. Yeah. You know? So my clients who don't do the work, I can tell. Yeah. I can tell if they don't do their homework. I give all my clients homework Mm -hmm. this time. It's before (laughs) they leave my session, every session. And... You can tell when they come back if they do the work or if they don't. Yeah. So I like to say that every one of us has an invisible backpack. So there is Mm -hmm. something, a song, a quote, a scripture, Mm. a person. What is in your invisible backpack that is helping you get through this journey? (sighs) Tamala Mann. Every song Mm -hmm. that she's come out with has really helped change reshape me mm-hmm. um even help me take a look at myself and some things that I needed to change for myself mm-hmm. um getting back to me after losing myself in relationships mm-hmm. um which is why I think I relate to so many of my clients that come to my private practice now mm-hmm. um a lot of them do come to me for relationship stuff mm-hmm. and you know I try to well let me back up 
So some some therapists will say that it's not okay to share mm-hmm. your own stuff with clients, but that's not how I was taught in grad school. Mm-hmm. You know, I was taught by so many different professors that it is okay because your story may actually help somebody else, mm-hmm. um, but never take your stuff and put it on anybody yeah. else at the same time either. Absolutely. You know, so there's only it's so far you go with telling your story, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean. My the biggest song for me is "Changed Me" by Tamala Man, mm-hmm. and uh, just listening to the words of that, yeah. you know, inspires me. I listen to it every morning, mm-hmm. you know, to start my day, and I I share it with my clients too, you know, and it helps. Yeah. Awesome. And then I I want to close with uh, clearly everyone's story, vision, uh, journey is completely different than one another. We all have our unique mm-hmm. uh, story, but. What are some empowering words or a quote or anything that you could tell to someone who might, you know, have the thoughts or the aspirations to go Mm -hmm. into therapy or helping others or, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to balance, you know, being a mom, having a Mm full-time job and an entrepreneur? What is something that you could, you know, share with someone? Mm. Um, I would say basically follow your heart. Follow your mind. Make sure both of them match. Mm -hmm. Because being able to do that will lead you in a direction that you want to be in. Mm -hmm. Um, That will ultimately tell you where you need to be, what you want to do, how to inspire yourself, how to inspire others. Um, Yeah, that's what I would say. Awesome. So thank you, first of all, Alicia. you know, for one, finding uh, And So She Speaks Cafe and coming out, and two, for agreeing to come and to share your journey with our listeners. Uh, so life is a journey, uh, but it's one worth taking. So thank you for taking the journey with us tonight. You're welcome. You're welcome. And if you get time, I meant to bring you my book, but I'll bring you one next time I see yes. you. Um, it's my poetry book. That's where I write yeah, so talk- all of my relationship experiences and things like that. So talk um, a, more, a little bit about that before we close uh, out. So go ahead. <laughs> um, it's called Distractions of the Heart. Mm-hmm. It's uh, My author name is Alicia Marie, which is Marie is my middle name. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, everything's in there. Um, heartache, you know, to fantasies, mm-hmm. uh, dreams, trauma, um, some erotic stuff mm-hmm. in there too, mm-hmm. you know, for those who enjoyed that too. Um, but some uplifting words in there as well. Um, I like to balance it out. So I put my heart into it to kind of share something with everybody because we're all easily distracted mm-hmm. by things in life. And, uh, you know, th- those those are some of the things that you want to kind of get off your mind, get mm-hmm. off your heart, and I did that in this book, so... Yeah. So maybe we'll get you to actually, you know, share some of that at our next And So She Speaks in maybe. September. Sure. Can that? I can do that. So just before <laughs> um, we fully close, could you give us uh, how can people follow you or learn more about your business and your practice? Uh, so my website is um, minorinspirationsllc.org. Um, my Instagram page is... Minor Inspirations LLC or my personal page, which is uh, Big Red Inspired. Thank you. Yes, thank you again. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you for having me.